0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Super Bowl 56 is here. Bengals and Rams, huge game on Sunday to finish out the 2021 season. If you want to place a bet on any of the Super Bowl action, betonline.ag is the place to do it.
0: Man, y'all make sure y'all better go to betonline.ag because you know I'm going
1: with the Cincinnati Bengals and Jackpot Joey. Ike, we're going to talk about that all week here on the Believe in Steelers podcast. But before we you tune in and listen. Do
0: we might as well do it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> Before you tune in and listen, though, what I want our listeners and viewers to do is to head to BetOnline.ag today and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. online, where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, you are no stranger to playing in Super Bowls. You won two, you played in three. Super Bowl week is here. I am fired up. We are less than a week away from the big game in Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium, Rands and Bengals. A lot to discuss on today's episode of the Believe in Steelers Podcast. How are you doing this morning, my man?
0: I'm good, Mark. I Hope you had a good weekend. This is uh officially Super Bowl week. Um, I've been there three times, one or two. Uh wish I can get the, the third one back, but obviously that's just how the game go. But uh it's it's a it's a different kind of world when you want to talk about the Super Bowl. I think the interviews start today. So you're gonna see a lot of guys you really don't know and you really didn't understand show their personality. So that's what kind of got me into the media field when I started doing the Super Bowl interview um, interviews throughout the week. You know, everybody was like, they heard Ike Taylor, they seen me play, but what is his personality? And I think my personality kind of, you know, came out during that time of the week. So I think a lot of people on my football team at the time personalities came out. So between the Cincinnati Bengals and the LA Rams, we're going to catch all kind of attitudes. And when you want to talk about star power, though, we already know that the LA Rams, down there, like the old school Lakers, when it come down to that star power.
1: I can. I know back in the day, you were answering hard hitting questions from a guy like Dave Damashek wondering is it a must win right. game. So <laughs> really excited now, it to talk. Is. Oh, yeah. It is your
0: wordplay, Your wordplay just got to be good. That, like that's that's the great thing about football. And I, and I think football, my personal opinion, it's America's sport because you only get one. You only get one shot. This, this ain't a series, this ain't the best out of five, this ain't the best out of seven. It's one shot. And that's what it makes so exciting. That's why you sell these million-dollar commercials um, on Super Bowl, and we just talking about halftime. So halftime, when you want to look at a slot to get in a commercial, man, it's going to cost you millions. Then you look at the new Doritos commercials when you want to talk about before the game and after the game. And every commercial, for me, when it comes down to Super Bowls are like classes, but Everybody's sitting at home. Millions of people are sitting Hundreds of millions of people are sitting at home watching the Super Bowl. So for me, man, just to not only grow up watching the Super Bowl and seeing how fascinating it was, but to actually get an opportunity to play in a few Super Bowls and be like I once was one of these kids or one of these adults or one of these people who sat down and I'm actually in it now. But you, you can't describe it, Mark. You can't describe the Super Bowl, man. Like, it's it's a feeling. You know, everybody in the world, damn near, in the world is watching. So, uh, all you want to do is do what you've been doing to get there. You just want to perform at a high level.
1: Ike, I'm going to ask you all about this a little bit later in today's show, considering Mm -hmm. you played in three of them, what that week leading up to the big game is like. we got a lot to discuss on today's show, including so Super Bowl 56, Bengals and Rams. We'll get to that in a bit. Some of the best head coaching mm-hmm. hires, considering there have been several of them, two openings right. still between the Texans and the Saints. I'm going to talk about what was the Pro Bowl yesterday. I'm not sure if that was a scrimmage, a seven on seven, a walkthrough. Right. We'll talk about right. that. But we're going to start with the Steelers' decision to promote Terrell Austin to defensive coordinator filling in the vacancy from Keith Butler, who's decided to retire, but Austin has previous experience as a defensive coordinator with both the Lions and the Cincinnati Bengals. He was serving as Steelers defensive backs coach, but an internal decision to promote him 56 years old, a lot of experience in the NFL. I just want to get to your takeaway from the promotion of Terrell Austin from DB's coach to defensive coordinator.
0: Yo, we, we talked about this last week. So um, you and I talked about this on the show last week, that we figured they was going to stay in-house. Uh, we was we was looking for uh, <laughs> Fanny Pack, Vic Fangio, mm-hmm. you know, but obviously they stayed in-house, but that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers do. You know, they don't used to go outside, whether it's getting free agents or whether they're hiring from from inside or out. They usually just like to stay inside the house, so this is exactly what they did. You kind of anticipated that. Uh, we had a, a few phase that we wanted to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, but for me, man, that's just Coach T. That's still going to be Coach T defense. That's how I look at it. But what I do like now is you getting a defensive play caller from the back end. So Coach Austin was a DB coach. And when you talk about DBs, I just look at a great Dick LeBeau and how he looked at things and how his view was when you want to talk about calling plays. He viewed things from the back end all the way to the front. Um, and when you do that, you see the whole field. You know, you don't, and, and you're more open-minded. And you understand what it is to be a linebacker in bad situations. You understand what it be. You understand what it is to be a defensive lineman in bad situations. That's just my personal opinion when it comes down to being a DC um, linebackers, former linebackers. You know they look at it from the linebacker point of view all the way up to the front, and y'all guys figure it out in the back. That's just how I feel. So for us, it's like we got to look at it from okay, we see everything in front of us. And this is our view. We get to see the whole field, you know, and we got to protect because if we, if we give up a play, you know, you might as well strike up the band or you're going to be on one of these (laughs) (laughs) network shows. So that's, that's how I look at it, man. Just, just coming from a, coming from a defensive back perspective, you get a defensive back coach. He got a different point of view. So he's going to see it from all kinds of angles, but don't get it twisted. It is
1: still Coach Tomlin defense. I let's strike up the band with pick sixes for the Steelers right, defensively. Right, right, right. Yes, right, right. yes. I'm going to go full yinzer here, Ike. The glass half okay. full approach here is is that Austin played safety at the University of Pittsburgh. So right. he's familiar with the Steelers organization, having coached there for four years, right. played his college ball there, considered a, a favorite throughout this process. And also, yeah. his previous experience as a defense coordinator, which I touched on, but – what I would go to as well is that the Giants also wanted to hire Austin as their defense coordinator, and they interviewed him. He chose to remain in Pittsburgh. Right. So I always look right. at what is your value? Would other teams want to bring you in and acquire your services? And the Giants did just that. So my glass half full perspective being other teams did value him bringing him in potentially to be their defensive coordinator. He has previous experience doing that. And they have the opportunity to do just that. Your point about him being a DB coach on the back end too. I mean, not to say Terrell Austin's going to be the great Dick LeBeau, a Hall of Fame right, coach, right, right. Hall of Fame player, but right. I like the similarities. And, you know, it's the start of the week. It's Monday, Ike. I like starting off the, the work week with that optimism.
0: Well, it's the stability. When you want to talk about Pittsburgh, if you look at some of the tenders, um, Sean Payton, so he stepped down, coach Belichick, coach Harbaugh, coach Mike Tomlin. And when you want to talk about those three franchises, when it comes down to being the coach, yeah, the money might be a little bit better somewhere else, but how long will I be there? I know of coach T here. I know if I get in cool with the Rooney's, and I also play college football, everybody been knowing what I'm doing. And I'm a defensive back coach and it just moved me up the rank. Like, where else do I need to go? So for me, Pittsburgh is home. And I'm trying to talk like Coach Alster. You know, yeah, I, I got to go check out an interview. You know, I got to go show face because I put myself in a good position to be able to do that. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I know I'm going back to Pittsburgh. And the reason why I'm going back to, to Pittsburgh, I know the tradition, I love the city, and I know I'm going to have good stability when it comes down to be, being the coach. So, and I can learn from a, a a good dude as well, Coach Coach Tomlin, on not only how to run the organization, but pick his brain as well when it comes down to running defenses.
1: Hey, I want to state for the record, and this is not to take away from anything Terrell Austin will do as the defense coordinator of mm-hmm. the Steelers. Whichever team hires Vic Fangio will have a much improved defense in the right. 2022 season if he so chooses to coach. I will state that but very excited to see what this defense looks like in the 2022 season, given the inability to stop the run this year. I love that the Steelers led the league yet again in sacks, but shoring up the middle of that defense is going to be one of the keys to success in 2022, reestablishing the line of scrimmage up front on the interior, something that the Steelers will need to do. And like it pained me yesterday to watch the pro bowl. And I see Javon Hargrave for the Eagles is there. And I'm like, what the heck? He used to be in Pittsburgh. He should be on the other, in the other conference on the other side of the ball for the AFC. Couldn't help, but notice that, but that's something that the Steelers will need to address this offseason going into next season.
0: 100%. Um, either that or Tua got to come back like a sound fire. You know, nope. Tua sat out he was injured. Plus he had some personal issues. Um, what he had going on off the field. So, as an organization, man, they gave him a lot of leeway to, to, to really get his mind right and get himself together as a young man. But my personal opinion, and we talk about this on the show, Mark, you got to go stout on that defense line, especially at that nose and D tackle. You know what I'm saying? Cam going to be Cam. Um, Cam, for me, is a future Hall of Famer. We all know what he do. We all know how consistent he is. But to take some of that slack, because Cam is getting older, going on get you a youngster who can sit down in the middle, and be an anchor for a minute, and let Cam make continue to make his plays. But that running game on the defensive side, man, they got to come to a halt. You know, because when the team can run the ball on you, they control the game, they control the clock, and they take your will. That's that's just what it is. And teams who can't run on you, man, you give your opportunity, you give your offense more opportunities to you know either do the same thing, vice versa, or, or make plays. So that running game, man, that's that's a uh, that breaks your will. And for Pittsburgh, yeah, they led the league in sacks, but that's cool because you can lead the league in sacks, but somebody can run the ball down your throat. <laughs> for us and the Pittsburgh Steelers in that tradition, I'd rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather you pass the ball and air it out and you go for 500 yards than to run the ball and control the clock and pick up three, 400 yards. That's, that's, just, that's just what it is. So, you know, that running game ain't nothing but a slowdown. That passing game, man, you, you kinda die quick when it comes down to the passing game. Once you get behind real real fast, it's gonna be hard to win the ball games. But that running game, man, you start running on teams and you control that clock. That's just like cutting you that's just like cutting you cutting you with a blade, Mark. And you don't wanna keep getting cut with a blade, slice by slice, and just literally, you know, by the end of the day you'll pass out four or five days later. So they 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 do need to toughen up on that run game. That's that's one of the issues Pittsburgh need to do. I personally think they need to go get them a nose tackle. I think his name might be uh I'm not going to tell you, but he's from Georgia.
1: <laughs> Jordan <laughs> Davis. Um <laughs> <laughs> The analogy I always make is you can't make a gourmet meal with bologna and potato chips, but you can make a sandwich. And I hope that we can restock the cupboard. Let's get the finest ingredients. Let's bring in the nicest cuts of beef and meat and everything and set the table for Terrell Austin as the Steelers' defensive coordinator because if you if you t- keep taking from the fridge and keep taking from the cupboard, eventually it's going to be bare. Let's restock, let's get him the personnel to be able to succeed as the defensive coordinator in 2022 and beyond. Something the Steelers will need to do at this point now that they've named their defensive coordinator. Got to restock sure. the defense and get back to playing Pittsburgh Steelers football on the defensive side of the ball. Ike, we'll take a quick break to tell our listeners and viewers about NordVPN. And you need peace of mind on the internet, on all your different devices and security. And so NordVPN is the world's best VPN service delivering the fastest connectivity, the most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything that you do online stays secure.
0: Yeah, you ain't hacking because we ain't slacking because we got NordVPN all day security.
1: You can see the website listed on your screen right now if you're watching the Believe in Steelers podcast. So what you need to do is go to nordvpn.com slash believe. Use our code believe that's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. We will continue the show. The Steelers GM search continues on. We know Kevin Colbert's going to step aside after April's draft. And so we know about the internal candidates with Brandon Hunt and Omar Khan. I would still say that they have the fast track and would be considered favorites to get hired to take over for Kevin Colbert. But Steelers have interviewed following candidates for their GM position last week, it includes Ryan Cowden of the Tennessee Titans, Ed Dobbs of the Indianapolis Colts, and Jojo Wooden of the Los Angeles Chargers. Ike, I know you've got a lot of connections within the Steelers organization. I was curious if you had any insight on the outside candidates that will be considered for this GM role.
0: No, I think they're going to keep it in-house. They've been doing that, you know, from Matt Canada, from the time he was there, he's an the OC now, to... Terrell Austin, from the time he coached the DBs to the time he's the defensive coordinator. Now, I think they're gonna do the same thing when it come down to the to the general manager job. You know, between B Hunt and Omar Khan, we we, we shall see. I think right now they just giving a trial and a test. You know, it's coming up with a draft. They gonna give they gonna give both of the guys. I'm talking about Omar Khan and B Hunt, the same guys to look at to grade, and they just gonna come to a conclusion later on this year, right after Kevin Colbert retires. But I, I just think, man, they just giving them a test between the two. You know, everybody get the same amount of guys, um, the same positions. I want y'all to fill out a form why you like them, why you don't like them. Uh Kevin Kobe has his own grading system. I'm sure they'll use the same. If not, they'll tweak some some things, but they they want to get a Pittsburgh still in-house. And and that's what it is. Between B. and Omar, they've been in the organization for a long time, especially mm-hmm. Omar Khan. He's been there a while, so they want somebody to understand what it is to be a stealer. And those two guys definitely understand what it is to be a stealer. So, man, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, but, again, I think they're just going to keep this
1: – they're going to keep the brand in-house, baby, that generational wealth. That's exactly what they're going to do. I will go back to something I said about Terrell Austin, apply that here as well. I know both mm-hmm. Brandon Hunt and Omar Khan have interviewed for other positions with other organizations, right. Right. get promoted internally for – I would argue one of the best, if not the best franchise in all of professional sports, 100%. not just the NFL. So, you know, yeah, sweet. I could go, you know, interview for a lesser team. It goes back to what you were saying too. Ike of okay, I might get what be, would be considered a promotion being a GM for another franchise. But if I'm right. not set up for success there for another franchise, whereas I know that right. there's going to be the stability in Pittsburgh, like I look at, when you have Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, Mike Tomlin as your three head coaches for the last it's fifty just, plus years, it's like why would you not want that stability?
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's hard to leave. Like when we was winning, and my I had three contracts. So my when my contract was coming up, like I knew I was going to get paid if I went somewhere else, Mark. But I knew I was going to go to a sad ass team, and I knew if we wasn't winning because of the coaching staff or whatever. I was gonna I was gonna become a salary cap casualty. That's just what it is. I know if I stayed in Pittsburgh, slow money is better than no money, but you're gonna see all your contract. You know what I'm saying? So that's exactly what I did. And I ain't wanna leave Troy was So glad I didn't. You know. <laughs> but that's 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 just what it was. It's just man, it's it's hard to find in that business some stability. But going to a Pittsburgh and being a Pittsburgh still. That's exactly what you're going to get as long as you don't mess it up. That great stability.
1: We might need to start a new segment here on the show, Ike. Ike's insight. And I wrote this down. Slow money is better than no money. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Some wisdom from Ike Taylor. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by Masterworks. And Ike. Diversifying your portfolio, getting in the investment game is of the utmost importance. You can invest in a lot of different things, companies, crypto. Now you can invest in art. Masterworks lets people all over the world do just that. And that's what you got to love about Masterworks.
0: (laughs) Whatever your art is, whether it's rapping, singing, um, whatever your goals are, just make sure you go to Masterworks, man, and create a craft whatever the art is
1: yes masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like picasso and monet without needing millions of dollars more than three hundred thousand people have already signed up so to get priority access with our unique promo code log on to masterworks.art slash believe that's masterworks.art slash believe b-l-e-a-v See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosures. Okay, we will move on to yesterday's Pro Bowl. And I I was watching the game. I was on Twitter. Everyone was in an uproar. And J.J. Watt tweeted something. He said, I've seen walkthroughs more intense than this. I've seen seven-on-sevens more intense than this. Now, four Steelers playing in the game. Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, T.J. Watt, Cameron Hayward – I did find it ironic that T.J. Watt strips sacks or strips Kirk Cousins sets up a Miles Garrett pick six considering their division rivals and everything, too, while the Bengals are preparing for the Super Bowl. This is the bizarro world that we live in in 2022. So, like, least shocking news of the day, T.J. Watt, you know, forces a fumble, gets to the quarterback. But I have a proposal for you to fix the Pro Bowl once and for all because, like, there wasn't even tackling. You ready for the right. psych? I'm listening. Instead of the Pro Bowl, let's do away with the Pro Bowl. Let's get the two worst teams in the league. Go head-to-head. So this year it would have been the Jaguars and Lions. The winner gets the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. That, that's my solution. You play a meaningful football game in the week between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl.
0: Man, RIP Sean Taylor. Because right? when Sean Taylor was making the Pro Bowls. Yeah. When Sean Taylor was making the Pro Bowls, there wasn't no such thing as going half ass. He did he 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 set the tone, he set the tempo, and he would let you know just by watching RIP Sean Taylor. Hey man, I'm not I'm not here to make friends. When I'm here to play football and how I look at football, we look at football is organized violence. And this is actually what we're gonna do today. So if y'all didn't come to hit, if y'all ain't come to shake me, if y'all ain't come to absorb some of these hits, don't get on the field. That's what I wish somebody on that secondary or that backfield or a linebacker or a D tackle, you know, came came with a chin strap came with a big boy pass, and was like, bro, I'm not trying to be friends today. You know what I'm saying? I'm pissed off. I'm mad. Once I step in between these lines, <laughs> all hell going to break loose. So um, now I get and I satisfy, one, how great – In a little bit of time, Sean Taylor was, but he ain't taking football for granted at all. He played how it's supposed to be played, and that was organized violence. So, man, when you just look at the Pro Bowls with Sean Taylor, I'm I'm just going to tell y'all, period. All my viewers and listeners, go to the Pro Bowls, which Sean Taylor was in, and that's going to show you how Pro Bowls should be played.
1: Like, uh, it's not just that he would actually bring the thunder. It's that he would bring the thunder against a punter on a fake punt it as well. It it, <laughs> and
0: it, it's like, it ain't. he went 100 miles an hour, no breaks. Whether it, what, it don't matter whether it's an all-star, preseason, regular season, playoff. that was Sean did. So that's why I admired about Sean.
1: I can understand not wanting to get injured, Ike, but I was always taught with footballs. If you're not going a hundred percent, that's when you're Definitely going to you get, get hurt. Yes. And so yeah. when I see that they're essentially playing two hand touch, like it's a quick whistle. And I understand that. And particularly with the quarterbacks too, I totally get that, but right. it's like, it's not football. And nah. the only player I saw actually go to the ground is Micah Parsons cleaned up on Deontay Johnson after a quick catch at one point in the game, or I think it was an end round. But other than that, it was like they wrapped up quick whistle and it's like, what am I watching? And I understand it's really cool to see all the stars together, the best teams in both conference. I totally understand getting to see that in person, but to see Allegiant stadium in Las Vegas sold out, it was like, man, if I had been there, I'm like, can I get my money back? Because what we right. watched was not football.
0: No, nah. no. Nah, I mean, if you want to come take a picture and get autographs, go. But hell, I can do that. I can do that somewhere else. I can go stand outside where you probably going to be and do that. But I, I I wasn't. It was hard for me to watch, Mark. It was very But I'm just so much of a football head. I just like watching football in general. Yeah. But by the end of the day, man, it was very, very hard for me to watch.
1: Again, I don't want to see any player get hurt, but it's Correct. just Correct. I. For me, it was like, why are you even in pads at this point? Then, in all honesty, it's like you could go have go done. Go with the flag, go <laughs> right? with the flag,
0: bro. Right. We, we might, yeah. I rather, I rather y'all go with the flag, the two hand touches something before, before, before you put the pads on and do that. One hundred percent.
1: So, hang on. What do you think of my proposal, though, to let the two worst teams play? You could call it. Here's an idea. You could call it the toilet bowl, get a company to sponsor that. And then, boom, you've got again, it fills the void between the conference championship and the Super Bowl. And then there are some real stakes. The winner gets the number one overall pick. What do you think about my idea, Ike?
0: Yeah, but you you still got to pay the players because the players get paid win or lose. You know what I'm saying? So you got to find a way how you're going to pay the players. If you ain't paying the players, they're not going to, because that's the benefit for the team and the general manager and the owner when it comes down to the first pick. Now, if you want to say you get two picks in the first 20, 20 picks, then it might be a little bit something different. Then there, there, there you might be talking. And a winner receives X amount of dollars, then you might be talking. But to do that, then you got to cut it in half. I see. Hey y'all, only, y'all see. yeah, y'all only get one half, you only get one half. Since we're not a regular season no more, you get 30 minutes, and this this is what that stakes. The the two teams, the two losing teams, hey man, y'all get 30 minutes, full go. Uh, the winner get the two two picks in the top 20 picks for the NFL. I guarantee you they're going to go crazy. And this is what you're going to get compensated for, for the winner. The loser, you ain't getting paid. But that's how much the winner going to get paid. Guarantee you they're going to be flying around <laughs> like it's a playoff game.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I know uh, the NBA All-Star game went with the Elam ending a few years ago, and you saw Kyle Lowry out there taking charges. Like, I just like to see – a little bit more spirit. I understand it's an exhibition. I understand it's an all-star game, but right, right. man, like yesterday, it, like you said, it was hard to watch. And the AFC yeah, well, won up, for bro. what? The fifth the fifth year in a row? It's like the AFC wins. Whoa. I can dig it. I can dig it.
0: I can dig, <laughs> I can dig that point.
1: Right, let's take a quick break. We've got another sponsor to tell our listeners and viewers about in today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. And so BetterHelp helps people achieve their goals, dreams, and aspirations. And so what it does is it connects people to a licensed professional therapist excited to have BetterHelp on here as a sponsor of the Believe in Steelers podcast.
0: Yeah, usually when you think about therapists, especially me being a former professional athlete, I think about somebody who can help me recover with my body. But now with the BetterHelp man, you can help, you can got somebody if you want to achieve some kind of goals help you recover, and further your mind. So make sure y'all go to BetterHelp.com.
1: Yes, BetterHelp.com slash Steelers. And so I want our listeners and viewers to start living a happier life. And so as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor. Again, that's BetterHelp.com slash Steelers. More than 1 million people have taken charge of their mental health. Again, BetterHelp. H e l p.com slash Ike, a lot of head coaching hires in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And we found out yesterday the 49ers are going to go ahead and hire Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniels.
0: Yes. That was my yes. that was, that was, since, since you already gave me the rundown, what we was going to talk about, that's what I was going with. I was going, I was going with Coach Mike McDaniels. So yeah, that, I, I, I've i been liking him. I've been liking the way of the San Francisco 49ers. I think they play like the old school Pittsburgh Steelers slash the Tennessee Titans. They just play hard-nosed, smash-face football. Even though all three of the teams I just named came up short <laughs> to get to the Super Bowl, I just like their style. But I, I've been liking Coach Mike McDaniels for a while. I've been liking what he's been doing over there for the San Francisco 49ers. And that was a guy, when you asked me, what was my favorite hire? I was going to say Coach Mike McDaniels,
1: Mark. Wow. Wow. I know you love the 49ers and Debo and Kittle and the Smash Mouth style. Stealing my thunder before I can even get the question out, Ike Taylor.
0: Now, when, when once you gave him the rundown, I was like, dang, San Fran. I said, dang, the Dolphins. I said, dang, Coach Mike McDaniels. And you got to put, you got to pull up. So they did kind of hire somebody who's biracial. So you got a little piece over Ivan slash Ike down there,
1: tour of Miami. Hank, <laughs> hey, I'll go through some of the other hires as well. Okay. Uh, Brian Dable with the Giants. You got uh, – so you got there Matt Eberflutes with the Bears, Nathaniel Hackett for the Broncos, Josh McDaniels for the Raiders, Doug Peterson for the Jaguars, Kevin O'Connell for the Vikings, McDaniel joining the Dolphins. Two openings still between the Texans and the Saints. We'll get to that in just a second. I'm going to go back to the Giants, and it's not just the hire of Dable that I like because mm-hmm. it is a critical season ahead for quarterback Daniel Jones, but who mm-hmm. the Giants have also brought in to help with the development of Daniel Jones. I'm talking about, right. okay, we know what Daniel Dable did with Josh Allen in Buffalo, but Mike right. Kafka is coming over. He was Patrick Mahomes' position coach. You've also got Shea Tierney. Josh Allen called him the Bills, and this is a direct quote, most underpaid employee, end quote. Obviously, Joe Schoen coming over as the assistant GM of the Bills, now the GM for the New York Giants. I like this hire of Dable to the Giants because if Jones is the guy there, I think Dable is going to be the one to get the most out of him. And I just see the parallels of tall, athletic, mobile quarterbacks from what we saw with Josh Allen when he started his career and had something like a 59% completion percentage to nearly a 70% clip a few seasons later. I think that progression could also happen with Daniel Jones and who better to do that. It's not just Dable, but it's also those other hires that the Giants have made to try to get things right. So that's that's my thought process there in terms of the best right. hire. It's not just Dable, it's those other guys who are also coming in to help Daniel Jones develop.
0: Since we talk about head coaches, I just go throw it off uh a minority coach, and we've been talking about him for like the last three years. And that's Coach Eric B. Enemy for the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Get get and him down to New Orleans, like, Ike. So here, here here's why I don't want him down to New Orleans. They got a big cap. They got a big cap issue. Yeah. So he won't he won't be able to get uh, what he wants to get. Now I think he'll turn the offense around and it'll be good. But if I'm Eric enemy, I'm not in the rush to leave Kansas City. I, 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 The city love me. My head coach love me. They're paying me almost like a head coach. I got Patrick Mahomes. I can pretty much do what I want as an offensive coordinator. If Andy Reid wants to retire, I can come in and take his position. So if I'm, and I'm saying, now that we're thinking, now that I'm thinking and we're talking about it, why would I want to go somewhere else? Well, if Andy Reid wants to retire, I can have a guy. I can have this job for another seven to eight years if Patrick Mahomes want to play as long as he wants to. Why would I leave? Why would I – yeah, the head coach would look good on my resume, but being assistant head coach to coach Andy Reid and, you know, having guys like Kelsey and Cheetah and and Patrick Mahomes and Tyron Matthew on defense and company, why would I want to leave? You know what I'm saying? Like, life is good. (laughs) Life is good over here. So – Every every year I'm in the AFC Championship for the past three years. Out of the three years, two of them years I was in the Super Bowl. Why would I? Why would I want to leave? You know, I got Miko Harmon, I got Young McKinnon, I got Pringles. I got I got some young guys on offense. Why would I want to leave? Like, yeah, there's there's some nice jobs out there, but and I'll entertain them. But now Casey just upped my salary. We keep going to this AFC Championship. As long as Patrick Mahomes stay healthy, we got action. Nah, you know what? I'll pass on it, bro. I'll pass on it. Right now as a coach, that's you're you're on the island. You know, the sun is out. I mean, in KC, the sun ain't out. But far as like a coach and having everything at his disposal on the offensive side, tight end, wide receivers, quarterback, running backs. He ain't going nowhere, bro. He ain't going nowhere. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't.
1: Like, let me piggyback off this. We might need to start calling the AFC championship game, the Kansas city chiefs invitational because they've hosted <laughs> four consecutive <laughs> right? AFC championship. That's games. crazy. So That's kind of crazy, like how yeah. the Patriots used to be back in the day with Brady, same thing with what the chiefs are doing right now. Yep. You are right in terms of you, my knee jerk reaction was what are we waiting on because of the offensive prowess bnb right. brings to the table right. but with the right. saints the underlying story of part of the reason why i personally think sean payton left you know 16 years with that franchise but 73 million dollars over the cap dead hey, last can't in work the nfl
0: it. yeah i can't i can't work with it. you know what i'm saying like i can't get nobody it's going to be a lot of you know can you restructure your contracts and Really, man, it's about time for me to go. So I, I, my personal opinion, I just thought one of the reasons why Coach Sean Payton left was, man, I don't want to deal with this. Y'all ain't giving me no money to play with. So I'm $73 in the hole, and then we're coming into a whole new season, and the salary cap been went up for every team, and I'm still on the negative side. It's going to be hard, bro. Let me, go on, let me go on a step back, clear my mind a little bit, and probably go to the Dallas Cowboys next year. But other than that, man, y'all ain't giving me nothing to work with.
1: So between the Texans and the Saints, like which role would you rather step into if you're a prospective uh, head coach for either of those teams, Texans and Saints? Which is the mo- more appealing job to you? I mean, uh,
0: roster wise, it's the Saints, but I can build my own roster with the Texans. It's just do I want to mm-hmm. deal with the organization and the owners on how yeah. they feel about minorities? Yeah
1: like we'll see so i always like the coaching carousel see how this shakes out but Mm -hmm. you know this coming off the facts of everything we talked about in the last episode with brian flores lawsuit as well story we will continue to watch track and cover here on the believe in Steelers podcast too again i go back to the importance of the equality of opportunity does not necessarily always reflect the equality of the outcome with head coaches so we'll see which two candidates end up filling both of those perspective roles. But as it stands right now, Mike Tomlin, the only black head coach in the NFL. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Super Bowl 56, Ike, Bengals and Rams. And I was really excited to talk to you today, Ike, because you won two Super Bowls. You played mm-hmm. in three. And right. so what I want to know about is this game's going to be in Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium. You played in Detroit, Tampa, and Arlington, Texas for your three Super Bowls. Can you give our listeners and viewers an insight of what it's like that week leading up to the Super Bowl, leading up to the big game, and just the anticipation for it from Red a player carpet. perspective?
0: Red. Super Bowls change your life. That's why I'm getting opportunity right now to be on a Believe still this podcast because, because of – You know, my success, my personal opinion, you know, just winning Super Bowls. Now, I think I'm a good analyst. I think I I can break it down to pretty much anybody, whether you're three years old or 73 years old. If you do or don't know nothing about football, I think I do have that kind of talent. When you want to talk about somebody who watches talent and wants to be a GM, yeah, I think I have that kind of talent. When you want to talk about somebody who's able to work with whomever, and you and I not even knowing each other, but we wind up being real good friends, more like family, your mom, your dad, your brothers, you coming over, lady cooking. Like, that's where I'm at with it. So when it comes down to these Super Bowls, man, it's just everything, just a whole red carpet. It's, it's just like you're actually, you're actually in a movie throughout the course of a week. Now, once you get to the Super Bowl, you got to play your role for that movie. And that's just what it is. It's just, it's just so hard. It's so hard to describe because all your life, all your life one, you want to make it to that level. So it's a lot of people never get to that Super Bowl. And i I was fortunate enough to get to three. But you want to talk about a game changer? And Coach T said the best. You win Super Bowls in the city of Pittsburgh, you're on scholarship for the rest of your life. And that's exactly that's exactly how the Pittsburgh still is in that city treats me on scholarship for life. And we talk about 20 years ago, man. So for me, man, it's just been a blessing, it's been an honor. But that Super Bowl week is like nothing other. You know, it's the build up. You know, when you're sitting in the locker room and you got superstars and you got these halftime shows, so use this 15 minutes. Now it's like 45 to an hour. You know, it's just a little bit different. Um, when you see that confetti come down and, you, and your family members and friends, they cry, it's just a little bit different. When you can hear, when you can hear at the snap of the kickoff, so many cameras are flashing. <laughs> When you can just hear it, man, that's just it's 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 a game changer. It's it's a different kind of life. When you see all the stars, and then when you look at tickets, and tickets are high right now in L.A. You know, you got a ticket going, uh, a nosebleed ticket going for seven grand. You know, you get down further, tickets going for a hundred thousand. Like, that's the Super Bowl. How in the hell you pay a hundred thousand dollars for a ticket? But that's that's how big the Super Bowl is. You know how you pay two hundred thousand for a suite for a couple of hours? That's how big the Super Bowl is. That's the attention it draws. You know, so for me, man, it's just I was I was part of both. I got roped off, which hurt, still crying inside to this day. And I was one of the ones watching people who got roped off as well. So, my man, you can't describe the Super Bowl. I just put it to you like this, Mark. Picture you. Picture you on a show. Picture you doing a show with, I'll come back to it.
1: Okay. But okay. Picture,
0: picture, picture, picture just living your dream out for that week, bro, three times.
1: Let, let me ask you about this, Ike, because you've had the highest of high, winning mm-hmm. two and then losing a Super Bowl as well. Right. The three plays in the three circumstances I think of, the first Super Bowl you played – the interception that you had against the Seattle Seahawks, mm-hmm. setting up Hines Ward, the reverse pass that he received from the Antoine Randall, put the game yes, away sir. for you to beat the Seattle Seahawks in Detroit to win what was your first Super Bowl victory. I go to the second game, in thanks Beautiful. to the wizardry of San Antonio Holmes and Ben Roethlisberger, you're able to get right. your second one because you've told me this before. You know, Larry Fitzgerald, as you like to say, was in the Matrix that postseason, yeah, in, scored Matrix, a late touchdown when you were matched up against yeah, him. Yeah, I thought it was over. And then the third circumstance of, you know, you played maybe what was your best game as a professional athlete in the game against the Green Bay Packers, and your, your Steelers still came up short. So, like, right. what are those highs and lows like? Because I'd imagine achieving and winning is a feeling that no one can ever take away from you as a Super Bowl champion, but you've been on the other side of that losing and what you learn as a professional and how hard that must be to see the opposing team celebrate for something that you've worked right. so hard to that point. What is that dichotomy like from the highs and the lows of playing in the Super Bowl? Um, for me, it
0: was a bittersweet moment because. I was very upset, cried like a baby. You know when you cry, you just got snot bubbles coming out your mouth and your bottom lip just be shivering and stuff. That's how bad I was crying in the back. But at the same time, I had it was contract time, and I balled out. So I was like, Oh, I'm about to get paid! <laughs> I'm about to get paid!" Mm-hmm. So for me, it was it was bittersweet because I thought three always sound better than two when it came down to Super Bowls, like mm-hmm. three time Super Bowl champion. Two is nice, you know, one is rare. Two is, you know, we talking about out of space. Three sound way better than two. So, I mean, we were saying this on the sideline. We were so confident we was going to win. We was like, bro, the the ones who got two already, we was like, bro, we bought, this is about to be our third Super Bowl. And we really wanted to win it for Flozell Adams because he just left Dallas and he came to us. And when he came to training camp, th- these were our exact words to him as a defense. We're going to get you a Super Bowl ring. That's what we told Big Flo. And Big Flo was like, looking at us crazy, like, y'all y'all this unselfish over here? Like, y'all really? We said, look, every blue moon, you got to do it for somebody else. We did it for Jerome Bittes because he wanted to go to Detroit, and he wound up retiring after that game. We respect and we understand what you gave to the game as a first-round draft pick and how much of a star you was to the Dallas Cowboys. We want to do this for you big flow and we came up, we came up short though. So that was just the unselfishness, but that one hurt that, that, that one, the green Bay, but you just got her. But matter of fact, Nick Collins supposed to come on the show today. Next time we'll get him mm-hmm. on. Cause we had a lot to do on this show today, but nigga, tell you about uh Charles Woodson's speech at halftime. It was, it was, it was heartfelt, you know? So that's what kind of happened because Charles wound up getting hurt. But Charles kind of revamped mm-hmm. his career. When he went to Green Bay, but man, um, you know, me Nick and I, we talk all the time. My coaches' kids, um, ain't no love lost. Uh, you know, I'm glad he did get him a Super Bowl, you know, ring. It just came at our expense, so it's 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 all love and it's all good. So.
1: Yeah, he's come on the show too, like on the Believe It Steelers mm-hmm. podcast, and I'm amazed that. Get a pick six against your beloved Steelers, and you two yeah. can still speak about it and can speak like your friends. So that just shows you the camaraderie and the brotherhood of the NFL. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. man, like, I, I wouldn't be able to look past that, Ike. That's just me. No, nah, no, nah, I, I agree. I, it
0: took some time for me to get over it, Mark. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you ain't really mad at the play, and he on the defensive side, so you ain't never mad at a defensive player. We always thought Nick Collins was a dog when it came down to, to, to playing on that defense as a safety. But, man, it's like, you ain't mad at him. You mad at the Super Bowl. Like, they ain't Super Bowl. Why y'all didn't give it to us? Why y'all gave it to them for the W?
1: <laughs> well, Ike, you mentioned veteran players like Flozell Adams, like a Jerome Bettis. Andrew Whitworth, mm-hmm. the left tackle for the Rams, 40 oh. years old, could be his final game. Seeking yeah. a Super Bowl win over the team that he spent his first eleven years with, first eleven seasons with the Cincinnati Bengals. These storylines, right themselves, like.
0: Oh man, I love, I love Whit, man. Whit my dog. Whit went to uh, LSU, so he, he from around, he from around the area. He understand what it is to be a Louisiana boy, so I, I get that part. But at the same time, um, Whit, <laughs> I went to BetOnline.ag, and I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals, baby.
1: Yeah, yeah, I am too, Ike, and we're going to talk about this on Friday's episode. Now, to tease Mm -hmm. ahead to the listeners and the viewers, we're going to have one of Ike's former teammates on, also a two-time Super Bowl champion, on Friday's episode. We will also speak with a pro football Hall of Famer, so two guests on Friday's show in advance of the Super Bowl We've got you covered here on the Believe in Steelers podcast ahead of Super Bowl 56 between the Rams and the Bengals. Like, I'm really, really excited about that.
0: Man, let's get this party started. We're getting the Super Bowl done when it comes down to this media early.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, a thanks is in order to you, Ike Taylor. You're the absolute best. I want to give a shout out to the Believe Podcast Network. Go check out the other podcasts on the Believe Podcast oh, Network. So We're going to have you covered all week long for the Super Bowl. Also, our producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, and the crew over there. We have a lot of sponsors on today's show. I just want to make sure I mention them all. BetOnline, NordVPN, BetterHelp, and Masterworks as well. And I want to thank you, the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Thank you for tuning in and watching.
0: Hey, major shout out to my dog, Mark. Uh, couldn't, couldn't ask for a better host. I appreciate everything you do. Got to give it up to the Believe Podcast for giving us opportunity, Bring TV, Bet Online, and all the rest of our sponsors because y'all are just coming by the dozen. And my mind right now is still clouded, but make sure y'all make sure y'all rate and review us. Give us give us a five piece, please, five stars. All we try to do is entertain and educate you, and I think we're doing a damn good job of it.
1: Yes, sir. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening and watching the Believe in Steelers Podcast. We will be back on Friday to preview Super Bowl 56. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.